condition, my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Hello, and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Al. Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 250, NASA Futures down 19. This is after a pullback yesterday. Down Futures down 11. Interesting stacks, Adobe uh, 7.58, um, and we also have uh, Federal Express that had earnings is down 6.65. It's like three percent at 2.25, and Tesla, which goes up every day, seemingly, um, is where is Tesla? I don't know. I have it up here someplace. My balls will find it. There we go. Up 3.73, 2.78. Do we have uh, Mr. Kevin? Good morning. Uh, how are you? Doing okay. Welcome to the first day of summer. Yeah, it's the. Uh, the solstice is on the 21st this year. It isn't always, which is interesting. It could be the, what, 20th, 21st, or 22nd? Yeah, actually, it, it hones in on the time of day, and that's what causes it to change. So today it is at uh, 10.58 Eastern time. So A.M.? A.M., uh, 10.58 Yeah, well, yeah, it's hard to have a summer solstice when the sun's not here. Um. sun's out. Sun goes away, doesn't it? Just disappears and then it no, returns it, it, tomorrow. It, it, uh, uh, um, That's a conspiracy. Yeah, that, there's a. Um, yes, no, it ceases to exist for approximately twelve hours and then it returns. Actually, it's the pinnacle of when the sun is at the uh, that particular angle, so it could actually happen at night. Yeah, I suppose it could. Don't know that it has. Haven't looked. Don't really care. Fifteen hundreds, <laughs> you would have gotten in trouble for that opinion. Oh yeah, you, boy, you, you could get your ass kicked for that. Oh yeah, because we'd be denying the existence of a god. Um, yeah, or we could say the Earth was was not flat. You know, so there you go. I have a great T-shirt. It has the NASA logo, but in, in, in the middle of it, it says "Not Flat," and underneath it, it says "We Checked." <laughs> well, you know, it would be inter- would be interesting if you actually just. You know, fell off the earth. I mean, like some guys think you did. Where would you fall to? I guess is the question. I guess you'd fall into hell, right? Well, that's assuming hell really is below. Well, that, but in those days, that's what their their shtick was. You know, heaven was up and hell was down, right? Um, I don't know. I've been other places that I was pretty sure were hell. So, well, that's uh, therein lies the rub. But now you're but you're a modern sort of guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I I am the uh, I am the epitome of modern. Um, yeah. Just it, it, 
a damn near a renaissance, man. Well, you know, it it, it actually uh, it changes sort of by the day. I mean, I remember uh, my uh, professor, my professor, I remember a class or two, Milton Friedman, saying, I don't know, I was I used to be liberal, now I'm controversial, or uh, controversial, now I'm conservative. Uh, I haven't changed, I don't know. The definition seems to have somewhere along the line. Um, so, yeah, I'm not so sure where, uh, where my, uh, I used to be, I guess, a, a, a moderate Democrat, and I don't know where that puts me now. It probably puts me somewhat of a, I'm saying it probably puts me somewhere conservative, wouldn't it? Um, it, it probably would. Actually, from a spectrum standpoint, you're probably uh, quite conservative nowadays. Yeah, I don't know, um, but I haven't changed. But but you're not a MAGA Republican. That's uh, the president's favorite term. He keeps saying MAGA Republicans. I wish some reporter would say, would you please define what that means? Um, um, because because he doesn't, there is no other kind. He doesn't, he can't say Republicans without saying MAGA in front of it. So, um, so I, you know, would you define what that means and name some names, please? I, I would love to see that because I'm sure uh, he would have a really, really hard time answering it. Uh, well, he's, he's saying he's one, he's just one piece of the party. <clears throat> it's, uh, I don't know what else you would, uh, you would, you would, I don't know, I'm not even exactly sure how you would, uh, you know, come up well, with what, a, they're, a, a what they're trying to do is put a label that goes with the word Republican. It's it's sort of uh, um, it, it's sort of like um, George Allen when George Allen was the uh, um, the uh, head coach of the Washington Redskins. There are players who would say that he never once said the Washington uh, the Dallas Cowboys without saying the goddamn Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't blame him. I don't blame him necessarily. I don't think he was any big fan of. Uh, uh, how was the coach's name? Um, Tom Landry. I don't think he was a big Tom Landry fan, George Allen. No, they were kind of different characters, weren't they? Yes, very much so. George Allen was, uh, I remember in uh, in in Butkus's book, which I, I, mean, I think he might have two of them, but I read one of them. Um, he was, he's, somehow he was on a plane sitting next to the coach back in those days. I, I don't think they even flew charter, did they? They flew regular? Um, <clears throat> would be my guess. He, uh, George Allen sitting next to him, all of a sudden he starts diagramming plays and doing this and that and the other thing. And Butker said he, he learned more about football in a plane ride than he had up till then. <laughs> but I guess George Allen, well, then he didn't, uh, for those that uh, don't remember this history, he decided to take the head coaching job at Washington when he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears, working directly for Hallis. And he was considered to be the heir apparent, right, if, if Hallis retired, when Hallis retired. Uh, if I remember his history, and he said he got hired as the head coach in Washington, and the the protocol always seems to have been. I'm, I'm sure there's been exceptions that if you are, if if Kevin is my uh, defensive line coach and I have him under contract, and he gets the interview for the defensive coordinator job, I always give my blessing because it's a step up, and that's just the, the gentleman's way of doing things. Now, if it's somebody else wants to be a defensive line coach, I might become a hard ass and say, "Wait a minute, you're under contract, and I and you're doing a good job here." If it's a promotion, you're gone. Otherwise, you're here. Well, he was hired as the Washington head coach, so Hallis. I, I think this was the Rams actually. Before might have been the Rams. Might have been the Rams. Yes, and he, so he he ends up. Hallis uh, challenges him in court, and Hallis ends up winning, right? And then as soon as he wins, he said, "Okay, you can go," or something. Along. Wasn't that? Wasn't that what happened? Mm-hmm. Something, yeah, something, I think it was. Yeah, he just he just wanted to guard the uh, um, 
the uh, contract as as legal and binding. But nobody had ever um, stopped anybody from that kind of promotion. No, but I, I don't think he got the uh, permission ahead of time, too. I think it caught Alice by surprise. Um, yeah. If I remember, I, I'm, this is obviously a vague memory. So what did Ditka say about Hellas? He throws uh, quarters around like manhole covers? Or manhole, uh, yeah, uh, nickels. I think. Nickels, I think yeah. It was nickels <laughs> like manhole covers. I guess when he got older, he just was, uh, and, and to, to a certain extent, the family's the same way now. I mean, they just, they, they pay a small lease, they make a real lot of dough, and they and they keep it in-house. I mean, that's just their, their shtick. It doesn't, uh, I don't know of any other business where you could have ever done that uh, without any kind of innovation, without any kind of a, you know, family kind of doing anything except going and collecting a check. I mean, I, that maybe it's a little too harsh, but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's been a, it's been a while since uh, uh, since they last were unwilling to pay a good player um, a competitive salary, and of course they brought some people in and spent money not yeah. not they necessarily wisely. Uh, yeah, not not necessarily wisely, but uh, um, but they've been willing to pay um, you know pay people like Khalil Mack and. Uh, uh, and Robert Quinn and so on as they brought him in. So I, I don't I don't think cheap is exactly you know there there might be some you know things about the way they've run the organization historically that have been doing it on the cheap. But by and large, I think when it comes to players nowadays and coaches that they that they pay you know a, a competitive rate. Well, you, which, you they, which they didn't always do. Of but, course, they they didn't always have free agency either. So, but you, are you the, the rules are, and, and you know, where's Lou when we need him? The, the rules are that you, since you essentially get a check. And I, I found I found this out the first time I found this out was, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Duck Coach was never axed back. Uh, he was uh, when Cleveland, the I won't say the original Cleveland. The original Cleveland went to Cincinnati, right? Paul Brown. <coughs> Were they originally Cleveland? I don't think I, so. I think I, I, I think they were. Didn't they become the Rams? But uh, whatever the, the the current Baltimore team is, the team from Cleveland, correct? Yes. And the day they left was it was it Art Modell was the owner? And uh, uh, yeah, it was Modell. Yep. And, and, and Cleveland is now. Great, come on, look at this. Is Cleveland now an expansion team, or did they did they grab somebody else? They grabbed somebody else, didn't they? No, they became an expansion team. Okay, well, they when Modell left, uh, the guys who did, I think it was Joe Buck, um, and uh, and Mike Ditka did like the last game out of Cleveland. But I know Ditka was the color guy. I'm not positive it was Joe Buck, and they somehow I don't think they've been asked back like ever. Uh, they got into the financing of football. And uh, and and, and <laughs> whoever the announcer was, like I said, I think it was Joe Buck, said, "Well, you know, Art Modell was losing was losing money here, or something along those lines." Uh, our buddy Mike says the original yeah. Brown, the original Browns are in Baltimore. Yeah, that's right. So Paul and, Brown and left to go, and and uh, I I assumed that that when I heard that text pop in because I can hear your your inbound tone in there that it was our buddy Mike the uh, Cleveland Browns expert well you know you know why I got confused is is Paul Brown who was the guy who who was the owner of Cleveland he left and formed the Browns he left he left and formed the Bengals or became he left the first formed coach. the Bengals yep I, th- I think you're right well anyway so uh, so so they're they're talking and and, and Joe Buck said something to the effect of uh, the uh, uh, 
that you know he was losing money here or something along those lines. And and, and Dick goes, "What do you mean losing money?" He goes, and "This was God. He just stopped coaching." So he goes, "Don't don't you get the check from the the league for the networks covers the salary cap?" He said, "So you've got your stadium." Your NFL properties, your local radio, anything else you can get, concessions, you name it, you can you can find. All that goes for coaches, insurance, and travel. He goes, how the hell? Do you, unless you're gambling it away, you can't lose money. So he basically accused Modell of gambling it away. He goes, you can't, you can't lose money. So you, you get this check, which is the salary cap. So if you're under the salary cap, it's essentially extra profit for the team. If you can pull it off, well, yeah, now, nowadays to a point, you yeah, have a, a minimum. You have to uh, pay a minimum, now. right? And what Lou says it's be it's, like eighty-five or ninety percent of the cap, right? But if you if you figure you got a horse bleep team this year, and you dump everybody, and you're eighty million under the cap, it's basically in your pocket. It's some sort of a losing. Like I probably knows. It's some sort of a, uh, a running average, so you don't you don't have to kick back the whole eighty. But if like next year you're under sixty, then fifty, then forty, somewhere along the line you got to start contributing this money back. It was under some formula, but it's never one to one. It's never if if the salary cap is four hundred million, you get a check for four hundred million. You only pay three ninety. You got to give them ten back. It's 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 not that cut and dried. I don't think, Kevin. You, you, I, I don't think it's that cut and dried. But I think there is a uh, that they would have to do a. Uh uh, spread the wealth type of comp, uh, contribution this year if the bulls don't or the bulls the bears don't make it to that level that level of cap. But I mean, th- this is this is one of the reasons why. I mean, obviously everybody can everybody can tell I have a little bit of an issue with this uh, this shall we say monopoly super class of people that own these teams. I mean, Mike Mike just tested. Modell wanted a new stadium when he left Cleveland. See, somebody who's been a uh, market maker for like or was for a really long time. And, and watch people trade and, and trade for people. Uh, and I'm going to say Greg, who is still a trader and over in the uh, soybean crush, our definition of losing money is you walk in with 150 grand in your account and you walk out with 145. Now, I know this is very, very ancient way of, of definition, Kevin, and, and, and should be debunked, but... That's mine. I, I guess it's yours too, Greg. I'm just I'm just gonna live out of out of, out of reach here. Are we marked to market or are we not marked to market? We're marked to market. So yeah. if, you, if you're losing money, you, you you started with ten and you walk out with nine, you're losing money. Now these guys don't think that way. If they think that they're making twenty million and if they only got this great new stadium, they would be making thirty. That's their definition of losing money. It's so not they're mine. losing ten million a year. Yeah, they're losing that's ten a million. Big loss. That's a lot of dough. <laughs> Yes, but it's not really. What they're really doing is they're they're leaving ten million potential on the table. So Um, it's opportunity cost versus your account balance loss. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that when you fill out your tax form, you don't put the opportunity cost on there. Because I'm going to say Jerry Reinsdorf, and I you know I I respect him as a businessman, constantly will tell you how much he he lost by leaving the White Sox here because he couldn't feel he could pull the White Sox out of here when the Bulls were having that big run. That all of a sudden he would, you know, he would be. The, the did they want to go to Florida, or where did they want yeah, to go? He, he, they just laughed. Yeah, I think they were. I think they wanted to go to Tampa before there was a. You look at the crowd a, in a Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, look at the. But uh, there's always there's always some place. Yeah. How, was, how, how would that yeah. be working out for him? <laughs> and, and if you and if you interviewed the man today, because I've heard him say it, it's his biggest mistake he ever did because he could have made 
he, he, he lost so much money to, uh, keeping the White Sox here. And I'm going to say he's never had a losing year with the White Sox. But he has probably the best rental deal in all baseball. So, but that's the difference in definition among regular people, which I consider us, and people that are in this monopoly thing. Just, just lobbing that one out there, Kevin. Just saying. Well, well and then, maybe and then you turn around and look monopoly. at the Cubs, where they yeah. actually own the property, and then they just pretty much bought up the neighborhood. They were given great, uh, so, great different model. Getting got a lot of a lot of uh, uh, city support for that. Uh, I don't. Did they get state support for it too? Um, you know what they they didn't. Uh, the The team came with the stadium, right? The the, the uh, when he bought the Sax Stadium from he's had it that long from Bill Vec. Uh, one of the big differences, although I did actually talk to a structural engineer one night in some some uh, was it a library or coffee shop maybe a bar I don't know. Uh, somebody who was one of the engineers. the The original story was is that when the Reinsdorf's group bought the Sox and the Tribune bought the Cubs. Sort of the same time, wasn't it, Kevin? And, and virtually about the same kind of money. Um, the old Comiskey, because Chuck Comiskey was such a cheap bleep, old Comiskey would, it did not have reinforced concrete foundations, I don't believe, where Wrigley does. So Wrigley's actually going to stand there for you know another 150 years where Comiskey was basically disintegrating. Plus, if you ever went there, as nice as... I'm going to say the, the best seats in any park I've ever been in for any sport, if you had the upper deck first few rows at Old Comiskey, right behind home plate, there was not a better seat in all of sports. I don't care if you're on the sidelines. If you, if you fell out of there, you, you'd land on the umpire's head. That's how close you were. Damn near. I mean, you were right there. The rest of the park was awful because there was no curve toward the outfield. If you're sitting past first base, you're staring at the center fielder. Right. But the place, Larry uh, works with his PTI, um, his, his wife, there was a, to get a load of this, Kevin, there was a time when these firms were, uh, shall we say, uh, buffaloed into not having all these perks. So Merrill Lynch had like the second row behind home plate. And they wanted to off their season tickets, so they kicked them to Sarah. It was like the th- second or fourth row. They were pretty darn good. Except for, as the as the they built the Dan Ryan, all this all this water, the the lead, the the, the uh, field was too low, so they kept raising the field so the water wouldn't back up in a storm and actually pop out the storm sewers like in the outfield. So it got to the point where if you were the second row behind home home plate, uh, second base was over your head. It was the weirdest damn thing you've ever seen. You, you had to be in like the tenth row to be able to actually see the whole field. That's how sort that, of like watching a basketball game with courtside seats at Purdue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're you're below. Or, you're well, below. yeah, it's Purdue that has the floor raised off the ground, yeah. and and we've seen that at some of the uh, uh, football stadiums where they do NCAA yeah. finals. So the thing was way it was way overhead. It was it, the, the, it became horrible. So it, it, you know you couldn't even. Well, I'm not saying you couldn't watch a game there, but there's no doubt that place had to come down. So the, the they got the new place with the stadium commission, and they decided to build it there. They were going to build it in the South Loop. Matter of fact, some guy bought up all the property in the South Loop like five and six years before this happened. Now, this, the South Loop is an odd area. Well, here's a piece of Chicago history. I don't know, I bet, Greg, I don't know if you know this or not. When you look out the window where you are, and you see the Chicago River, and it heads straight south to Chinatown, right? 
didn't always didn't always do that. It, it had, there was a big bend in the river there, and actually went all the way over damn near to Clark Street. So the railroad tracks you see there were all these railroad tracks that were coming into the Chicago, the Rock Island, the New Central, all the all the stuff that came from the south. There were like four or five railroad stations in the South Loop area, and those tracks were all jammed in there between Clark Street and essentially the river. So somebody gets this brilliant idea: why don't we straighten the river out and we'll gain all this property? So they go this big project. They straighten the river out. They dig a channel. And all of a sudden, when they're done, they knock down the the barrier and, and goes the river, and they fill up the other part. So that whole piece of pro- oh, that whole property past Roosevelt Road from there to Clark Street, they were going to extend LaSalle Street and other places. Actually, have several more square miles of housing and whatever in the city. For whatever reason, Kevin, I, and to this day, I, I read this in several books. It never happened. So it was never improved. There was never any. Sewer, if you go past Roosevelt Road, you see this huge expanse of property. There's no, and say, why the hell isn't there a street down here? Why aren't people like living here? Well, the answer is, it was never improved. There's no streets, there's no sewers, there's no water, there's nothing from the city. No fire hydrants, you name it. So this guy buys this whole area and gets a loan from some insurance company. It was the biggest loan for property like ever in the city's history up to that time. And the guy buys it with the intention of when they build either new Bear Stadium or the new Sox Park, they were going to build it there. And it made all kinds of sense because if you came to work and had your car parked downtown, you could have a couple of people movers, like little streetcars or whatever, running from downtown to the stadium. You would never have to move your car. So you wouldn't need this massive expanse where you got the stadium sitting in the middle of this island of cars. When most of these new stadiums look like an island in the middle of a parking lot, right? Well, you would would not have had that because you know, 60-70% of the cars would still be downtown. And, and by the way, there's the Rock Island down there, there's a CTA, there's everything running right by the place. So it made absolute perfect sense to everybody. Can't do that, then. You know, they did, they, and the guy actually got destroyed on his property. It's it's still there. There's still nothing been built there. This is, what, 20 years ago. There's still nothing there. And it's still no sewer, there's still no streets, there's still no water. It's one of the most amazing unfinished, I'll say, public works I've ever heard of. And yet the river is now nice and straight, and there's all this property right there for to take it, and all there are is a bunch of rats running around. So is is that where the uh, city is going to make its desperation plea to keep the bears? No, they're not going to build a new stadium. Why would they? I, I, I think it's Arlington Heights all the way. I, you know, I, I all, all the rest of this stuff about having conversations with other areas is just to try to squeeze Arlington Heights for some tax uh, abatement and. You know what? I think Arlington Heights understands that that's not the way it's going to unfold. Well, I, I mean, I, we've, we've talked about this. I still have my, my, my buddies, my, my, my peeps that I hang with that are so crazy Bear fans that, you know, the, the Bears deserve to be able to have a concert uh, and to get the money. The Bears deserve a, a casino. Well, why? Why exactly do they deserve a casino? I mean, whatever it is they think they should give to them because they're Bear fans. I mean, I don't know where that mentality comes from, but... You, you can't ex- you can't knock it out anybody unless you have like a sledgehammer. But this whole, I mean, I mean we had this discussion the other night. I think Soldier Field was the wrong place to do this. I think on an aesthetic value, um, we could have done better. We, uh, but I will say this, Kevin. Economically, it absolutely works for the Bears. The idea. I mean, I so interviewed some guy the other day. Well, you know, we need like 10,000 more seats. At what cost? $5 billion for 10,000 10, more seats? I mean, right now the Bears 
it would seat 65. Okay, maybe it should seat 75. But that doesn't stop them from having the highest ticket prices and seat licenses, which people forgot all about, and having like some of the highest skybox stuff anywhere, except for maybe New York or someplace. I mean, it, economically, it works fine for the Bears and the fans. I mean, would you like to sit inside someplace? Yeah. But it's not like you're not paying and going. It, for an, on an economic basis, there's nothing wrong with Soldier Field for the Bears. It's $6.5 million a year. Just saying. Now, aesthetically, should we have done differently? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But does that mean we get a do-over to give them 10,000 more seats? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, Kevin, do you? Well, yeah, and, and I certainly don't fully understand the economics of it um, because I've never tried. <laughs> but um, but n- nevertheless, look, if if they can make the investment in Arlington uh, Arlington Park... Well, who's they? Them or you they, and me? The, they, the Bears... Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure they can make it work. I have no doubt about that because, uh, you know, I think there is a lot of opportunity to build an entertainment district, although there's only so many entertain, entertainment districts we actually need uh, in, in the area. But that would be, you know, a pretty good one for the northwest suburbs. Well, Kevin, uh, you're, a, you're a professor, a very bright guy. What would, before you... Before I say anything, okay, which I already have, by the way, and before you opine, what's the first thing, if we were teaching this class, you and I together, we got to go to break here and say, what's the first thing we would do to figure out if this made any sense whatsoever? You mean like run the numbers? Well, we <laughs> just we just had two new stadiums go up, okay? Both of them had huge seat lease or seat sales. Both of them cost... I'm going to say three to four billion dollars. The, the one here now at these prices, it'll be five. Why don't we take a look at the the numbers of the one in California and the one in New York, and see if they're making any dough with two teams? Well, California, uh, what they build in New York? Well, they, they redid the Meadowlands. They got two teams there. Okay, and and then you got Yankee Stadium, which no, well, is but that's, its, but own, that's, its that's, own beast. Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis is probably another one. Okay, but I'm saying the last two, at, at the numbers and the billions we're talking about. Why? Why are they making? Here's a simple question: Minnesota has 81 home dates without concerts and the other stuff. Football, you got 10. All right. So now these guys have. Oh, two- Minnesota, no, they have a, a, a purpose-built stadium for football. Okay, but I'll, we'll look at that one too. But I'm saying the at the last two, in the last three years, have been for for two teams at the same price the Bears are talking about. Now, I don't think the Minnesota one is in the five billion dollar range. But but same. The, the simplest thing to do is let's look at the last two. Why did these guys decide they needed two teams instead of one? When we're talking about one team, and because they're selling the seat leases twice, and if they're not making any money with two teams, we don't have a snowball's chance of making money here, do we? Uh, absolutely not. But the question is, uh, let's see, U.S. Bank Stadium um, is where they play. Uh, and the as of March 2015, the overall budget was estimated to be a 1.061 billion, uh, with 348 from the state of Minnesota, 150 from the city, and 551 million from the team. So All right, so team we're talking a little over half a billion. We're talking a fifth of the cost of the one in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, that, that those numbers are those numbers are gone, Kevin. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, and and I was uh, just around um, uh, 
what is it, Allstate Arena, uh, whatever it is, or Allstate, uh, or no, State Farm uh, in Phoenix last spring. Um, and I am sure, other than, you know, hosting the occasional, uh, um, well, not the occasional, they host the Fiesta Bowl every year, but, you know, it's, it's a college playoff, which really draws more fans. And then the Phoenix Cardinals, and then whatever other events they have in there, you know, I don't know that it's the stadium, and it's an indoor stadium, so it's expensive to operate, too. I don't know that that's where the money is made. I think the money is made on the surrounding property. Well, but also we're talking about, for lack of a better term, for the fans that go to the games, you're a studio audience, right? The money's the money's in TV and the other stuff. SB Futures. Yeah, they need a laugh track for the Bears. Yeah, (laughs) SB Futures down four. Wait a minute. S&P Futures down 4, Nasdaq Futures down 27. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, no face, Tyson Giants. I'm Tamal. Rick Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 350. NASA Futures down 27. Dow Futures down 25. Uh, notable stocks. Uh, Adobe's up 760. It's always up like 100 and some bucks. They somehow have gotten into this AI thing pretty heavy, even though I'm not even sure they're in AI. But stock is, uh, well, let me, before I shoot out my, before I give, give, give the scoop here, uh, Greg, we were three, uh, 335 on the 12th of May, and now we are 493. Wow. Wow. Like, you know, you can say about that one. I just kind of wish I had some Adobe calls and nothing else, kind of thing. Uh, okay, I'm kind of thinking if you had 
Oh yeah, we'd have it all figured out. Uh, DAX down 29.2%, FTSE down 14.2%, CAC around down 23.3%, so slightly down, but very muted over there, very muted. I mean, not, nothing to make you worried, that's for sure. Nikkei up 186.5%, uh, Hang Seng down 388. It's almost 2%, back down. These guys are just over 20,000, now they're back down to 19,218. Back and forth, back and forth over there. That's got to be a wild place to trade. Shanghai down 42, that's 1.3%. Um, Hong Kong, Shenzhen, they're all down uh, 2%. Uh, Shanghai is only down 1.3, but uh, big time down over there. Uh, dragged down by these tech stocks. Uh, they just can't get out of their own way over there. Yesterday, uh, Dow was down 245, S&P down 20, NASDAQ down 22. So NASDAQ actually made it back to positive about five times during the day. I thought for sure we were going to finish up in there, and we did not. Uh, bonds, up three basis points, 3.76. The bond unchanged, 2.41. Japan, down another one to 3.38. Uh, these guys are not been close to that 0 0.50, their max that they were for so long. They've been in this 0.4, right about 0.4 for a while. Uh, oil up five cents, 71.24. Brent up three cents, 75.93. Natural gas up three cents, 2.52. Arbob down two cents, 2.58. As you basically got a two-dollar plus spread here in Chicago area between Arbob and what you pay at the tank, which really sucks. I don't know if that is that a is that a definitive term, Greg? Re really sucks. Uh, gold. Down 310, 1944. Again, can't get rolling. Silver down 15 cents, 2308. Now to the bottom end of the range, the last bunch of times it's gotten down here, you want to buy it, and then it blows up to 24 and a half, then it comes right back down. Of course, if I were to say to go buy it here, it probably means it kept, keeps going, so I won't say that. Copper down 3 cents, 385. We've got crypto, which had a big run up now all of a sudden because a couple of firms are saying that they are investing in a crypto exchange that does not. Only as an exchange, go figure. It is not old customer money, so maybe it's time for that. Anyway, we're 28,929, and we have the U.S. dollar uh, virtually unchanged against the euro, and actually up a little bit against the the uh, the pound. The pound down to 1.27. Greg, a lot of stuff there. What do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Good morning, everyone. 6:39 Central right now. Chicago, 63 degrees, clear, sunny all day. High of 83 here. Phoenix, 80 degrees right now, sunny all day with a high of 104. Watch out, uh, UV index. Inbound Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange is 20 minutes. Inbound Edens, Dempster uh, to the interchange is 31 minutes. Ike, Wolf to the interchange is 31 minutes. And the Stevenson uh, is 25 minutes. Cubs beat the Pirates yesterday, 4-0. White Sox beat the Rangers, 7-6. Good day in Chicago. Diamondbacks lose to the Brewers, 5-7. That's all I got, Chief. Did you, Back uh... to you. Did you see the controversial play in the Sox game last night that Bochi got tossed out on this morning? He was being interviewed saying it was the worst call he's ever seen. The worst call he's ever seen? Yeah. 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 Did uh, you see it? I, I don't know about that. Well, I uh, let's put it this way. If you're an old, old-time old fan like Kevin and I are, you watch that play, you don't see anything wrong with it. Well, you don't see anything wrong with it, and, and I didn't. Um, uh, other than I think the technicality to it is – that the guy had his foot planted on home plate. Right. Uh, and, you know, so in a technical, it, it had nothing to do with the outcome of the play. What we're talking um, about is the catcher. It, the catchers are not allowed to block the plate anymore. But right. The and, the and so there's there's very specific guidelines. And, and I could see the replay people saying, 
Oh, God, I really hate to call this, but the rule says I have to. Yeah, yeah it was overturned. I, I could see, yeah, and I, I, I could see that kind of a thought process behind it. Uh, so whether that's some, that means it's something they need to clean up a little bit or, uh, or what, I am, I am not sure. Um, but the whole point of the rule is to keep people from getting hurt, so that's that's why they have it, you know. So which which direction do you want them to go to make, uh, you know, to uh, um, to make mistakes? Probably on the side of safety would be probably what you want, whether you know but whether dude, anybody really cares or not. You know, I, I hear you, Tom. It, it, I mean, it, it really wasn't. You know, it, it's not baseball as I've known baseball, but I, you know, if. If the explanation is, and, and I didn't hear an explanation from anybody, but if the ne- explanation is, look, we have to call it as what was on the plate, then they have to call it. Well, the, the what the plate is was he blocking the plate? No, or not? no, blocking no. But they they're they're very specific about what you. It, well, the the rule says you can't block the plate, but they're very specific about what right, that means. What that means. But and the but the plate is is pretty big. Well, he was saying he blocked the plate probably with his with that foot that was on it. Yeah, but he, he, was but he didn't. That, what I'm saying is there's there's room, as a guy who's played catcher a lot, there's a lot of room on the plate. Yeah, but his foot was covering like more than three-quarters of it. So I, I thought he was, well, I just saw the replay. It, the guy slid in normally. It wasn't like he was blocked off the plate by the foot. He came yeah, in. Yeah, he, he was. He, he looked on him. But the ball, the ball beat him big time. Oh, yeah, definitely. So the catcher went down and the guy was out. So if, if he would have been standing there... And he was, you know, ready to take a hit or something. They probably would have called him out. But he just used his foot to block the plate. And they, well, I don't know. What I'm but. saying is, is the, the it, it was it did not block anything. He came out with a normal slide. He was able to contact the plate in his normal slide maneuver. Barely, barely, barely but, because but, his, yeah. because the guy's foot was. But I can, I, I can, as a, as a former catcher in softball, you can you can put your foot in the front of it as a block where nobody can get there, right? Or you can just sort of have it on the back, which is what the guy did. I mean, he didn't. It wasn't like the guy's hand came in, ran into his foot, and couldn't get any further. Which I I think is what the rule is kind of there to prevent. Well, if 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 you watched it, I mean, his foot he backed up. He was in the corner of the of the batter's box, and his right leg was just kind of uh, like ninety degrees. And his foot was like stomping right in front of the plate. So if you go head first and slide, and you would have to go either over his foot, or you get this little sliver on the side. Well, e- either way, it doesn't remotely look like a block like they used to block. <clears throat> let's let's put it that way. Um, so anyway, it's a tough it's a tough way to lose. Uh, it's a great throw, guy. Okay. Yeah, it was a terrific throw because it looked like uh, when when the base hit. I you know I didn't see it till this morning, but it looked like you know it wasn't one of those where you, you're saying what are you thinking when you send the guy guy had to um you know was moving to his right he had to field cleanly and make a really good throw and you know he didn't have a lot of time to plant so it was a terrific play by the outfielder i you know i i'm i'm you know on youtube right now trying to figure uh, find a uh, a good clip of it because the other part of the play is when did the catcher put his uh, foot on the plate? So I'll tell you in a second. Uh, the um, best, the best clip I found is yeah, in, uh, the throw was on the plate. Uh, the foot was on the plate before he caught the ball, and that's a problem too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying it. Uh, um, what do I have? I have the Major League Baseball thing uh, feed. But anyway, uh, Kevin, let's let's uh, change gears for a little bit. We have a lot of people in this presidential race, and we've got. 
Obviously, we've got one guy. By the way, they make make America great again. Who did he steal that from? That was from uh, it was somebody. It wasn't his his line. Who was that guy? The original make because I remember remember uh, uh, Lara America First Daily. The guy used to run. Make for America him. Great Again was him probably. No, again, I'm not. Make America Great was maybe I don't know. Well, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter. An easy, it's an easy phrase to yeah. uh, to use. But uh, now we've got Chris Christie. We got all these people sort of involved, and evidently. Christie's getting up some, some money. I, I guess I'll, I'll ask the de- both of you dudes. Does does the market have a winner here? Does the market care? I mean, is economically, who would we you like need to get Jeff back on? He, he followed the betting markets on this stuff. Yeah, we have to. We have to do that. You can follow the S and P. What do you need the betting markets for? Well, well, yeah. they, the, the the betting markets are on political candidates. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, you know, and, and and they're you know, so this is people watch putting their money where they're where they're watch gold and the military are. stocks and Raytheon. And yeah, but you don't, stuff. you have no idea, Greg. On a day if they're up, it's because some. It's a real stretch to say because somebody gained a point in the polls. I'm just saying, is is are, is there anybody's policies? First of all, I even know anybody's policies at this point. Anybody's policies of the people who look like they got their head in the ring, uh, foot in the ring, whatever you want to say it. Is hat in the ring. Hat, hat in the ring. Put the hat in the ring. Hat yeah, ring. I think that's. I think that's what's typically done. Yeah, it wouldn't be so good putting your head in the ring. But uh, is there anybody there that would be a positive for economics? Would be a positive for the economy? Would be as somebody a negative? I mean, I, I mean, of the policies of the last two guys, I don't think have uh, been all the best. Is that no matter who gets in, is are those the policies that are going to be there? Uh, well, is is there anybody in there that's going to put us on a budget track that uh, that restores? at least a measure of sanity to it um and i would say um offhand i don't know i i I don't know i am pretty sure that biden won't i am pretty sure that trump won't so you know that uh, well is is the is is the corporations you know and i'm not i don't want to see any taxes go up everybody knows that I, i mean i pay enough i mean uh and plus, the way the states and everybody else are raising them, I mean, the last thing you need is the federal federal government to start raising them. And I, I get it; we're we're overtaxed right now. I think by by a huge stretch. But the idea that the that the corporations, as they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and seem to be a bigger slice of what the economy takes, somewhere along the line, they got to pay their fair share. I, I believe. And uh, now God, I, I also hate that term, Tom. Uh, well. <laughs> A fairer share. Uh, I don't. I don't see any reason why. I mean, I I've been the biggest uh, anti-double taxation of dividends since I was in, you know, since I was at Notre Dame. For God's sake, that's the, that's the dumbest way of going about things, and it creates all sorts of discontinuities. How's that for words this time in the morning? Uh, in terms of companies getting too big, not wanting to pay dividends, or having an excuse not to pay dividends and hang on to money out of Warren Buffett uh, in some of these places. Instead of giving cash to their investors, they hang on to it. Where you get this management class of people that you know now they're all meeting with the guy from India last night, the head of the big five companies. I mean, when did we elect them, Kevin, to do to do anything where they get to see all this stuff and get first dibs on everything going on in India instead of the rest of us? I mean, I, did we elect Bill Gates? Did we elect Sanji, whatever the hell his name is? We, we elected- when when you elected uh, Joe Biden, you elected Bill Gates. You well, elected any anybody who is big on climate agenda. Um, oh, no, this is, you these got, are you got this is my, them when you elected Bill Gates. But this is this is the big companies. This is t- Microsoft. This is Tesla. Not Tesla. He's not there. Uh, it's Google. It's uh, Apple. It's all those top six people that are all invited. 
the people that are the. the what I'm saying is, the idea, and I, and I, well, I know. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're part of the Davos crowd, Tom. Yeah, well, yeah, and we, and we don't. Can we even afford a martini over there? I don't know. I don't think so. What do you think they are? Hundred bucks? Maybe if you get in. Anyway, the the, uh, the point being is, it's not a hundred unless you want the olive. Oh, uh, that's true. What if you want like a uh, was it a cream cheese olive or something? Well, they got a whole bunch of different olives. They got garlic cream olives. cheese olive. They got garlic. They got garlic olives. Those are yeah, pretty good. Not a, not a big garlic eater. Oh god! So you wouldn't go to the stinking rose out in San Francisco? Got the garlic restaurant. Uh, probably not. Oh, good. Probably anyway, would but, not be on my agenda. So, you know, is 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 RFK's kid? Uh, is he a dark horse? Is he? I mean, is is Christie? No, dark he's, horse? he's 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 uh, he's a spoiler. Um, what about Christie? And uh, Christie is just there to bash Trump. Um, he he has no chance of winning, but he but he's there. He's a hitman on on Trump. Um, do you think so, he's? Uh, wh- why do you suppose he's? Totally persona non grata, just because he's just because he's heavy and because he kind of is loud. He's got an eastern mouth. Uh, well, no, he's uh, he's um, not a dumb man at all. I mean, no, he, he's not a dumb man. He's he, uh, you know, first of all, he, he's abrasive, and he's you know, if you're going to be if you want to choose abrasive, then you just go with Trump. That's easy. That's an easy call. Um, but uh, I, I think you know, if there, I, I think there's a lot that I used to like about him, but he kind of seems to go where the wind's blowing well, now, well you know I, you know i i think i i think his anti-trump stance is very much because he supported trump so strongly last time or in 2016 and then he was uh i, I don't know if he headed the transition team or if he, yeah, he was uh, real close and all uh, trump but, did was but he was he was one of the movers and shakers yeah. until all of a sudden he got kicked to the curb and uh so he he is like you know, like many politicians, he's he's just a real vindictive SOB, and uh, some of them are more public about it, and some of them will just you know stick the shiv in your uh, uh, in your side when uh, when they get the chance uh, and, and do it very quietly. And I think he's just one of those who's just out well, he's, doing there's it. There's a few guys. The other one is uh, Scaramucci. I, I don't know. I mean, Rex Tillerson seems to just go away. There's a lot of people that really supported Trump and were dying to get in there and help out and once they were in there for a while couldn't wait to get out of there and have nothing but bad stuff to say about the guy. Or They're, they either couldn't get or they were kicked to the curb and I, I sent you that yeah. uh, you know that interview question um, where you know Trump at the beginning had said oh, I'm just going to hire all the best people and uh, and we're going to you know we're going to bring them on board and uh, and and Trump's this is with uh, Brett Bear and and Trump says well I did that and Bear started going through the litany of people that used to work for Trump that he has called you know that either have called him uh, uh you know said really bad things about Trump or Trump has said bad stuff about them um and and then asked the question so why did you hire him in the first place well I um, I uh and and I think that's you know that's a legitimate question, and you know we've talked about this uh, on the air, that you know his who he hires, he he just gets enamored of people very quickly, and uh, and then listens to them until he decides he's not enamored of them anymore, because he never should have been enamored of them in the first place, uh, and and that's you know that's sort of his mo on on this kind of stuff is. Uh, um, you know, if you're if you're rich and famous, I I, I think you know I, I think he wants to know you, and then uh, but that doesn't make you 
good. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make you a uh, somebody that you want to bring into government, and yet he did. And I, I think that was one of his biggest failings. Well, I, I don't know what even the job descriptions are for men. What do you, a guy who's a transition guy? What even? But I guess my my question is early on, and we don't know the answer. I'm just kind of feeling it out. All of us on the show, and I think a lot of the listeners that we hear from a lot, uh, seem to think there's somewhat a change needed. There's some some way that you get on somewhat of a budget track that's other than chaos, that the minute the Republicans get in, they, they lower taxes, even though it doesn't seem to make any sense monetarily, and, or the Democrats spend whatever they feel like and seem to think there's always money coming in because whatever they're doing is so accretive to the economy, it's going to come back in spades 10 years from now, and it never does. So both sides seem like they have a, a death wish in terms of uh, balancing the the thing, and all they do is, when they're out of power, bitch at the other guy for doing the same thing they would have done. So there's, there needs to be some sort of a change there, uh, in terms of, I don't know how to, I don't know how if, if it was me, Kevin, or anybody on the show, how you deal with this China situation with so much potential cash there, and yet you have essentially a place that is, you know, whatever. It's a the dictata- dictatorship with people running over there and getting essentially slave labor. And being and these are the guys you're inviting to the you know the, the White House dinner. I I don't even know I don't know how I'd even handle that. I mean uh, how you'd go about that. That would be really pretty tricky. I don't I don't know if Lincoln or Washington or Roosevelt have, would have a solution for that one necessarily. Well, and, and that, that, that's an area, Tom, where I I think um, you know the, the, every once in a while uh, you know you, you you get past the uh, the bluster and just listen to what the man says. In in those cases. Um, you know, when Trump, they, they asked Trump, well, why, you know, why are you uh, meeting with Putin? Why are you meeting with Xi? And he said, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we get along with these people? Now, you, you have to define what getting along is, because getting along can't come with tacit approval, for instance, with China, of uh, of their labor practices, what they're doing with Uyghurs, what they're, do, what they're doing with, you know, all kinds of uh, people. So the, the question is, <clears throat> you know, what what do you want your policy to be? What do you want American companies to do? Because you're not going to tell. Um, oh, back, back up. You think they're American companies? Do they think they're American companies? Well, yeah, yeah. But here's here's what I'm getting at: is you're not going to tell anybody that you can't touch that market. There's there's too it's too big and too vast. And I I, un, I certainly understand a company wanting to do business in that market. So now your question gets to be. What compromises are you willing to make to do that? Because if you aren't cozy with the uh, the CCP, you're not going to be doing business there. Um, they'll they'll take your business if necessary. So that's problem number one: is it takes a really deft touch. But then, does that also mean that you become a, a, a an official sponsor of the Beijing Olympics, like Coca Cola and Procter and Gamble and people like that did? Because now you're sponsoring the showcase for the CCP. And I have a problem with that, and therefore I don't buy Coke products, and I avoid P&G as much as I can. But it's really, really hard to, and yeah. you know, they, they sell so much stuff. It, it, you know, I, I, I'll look at a label after I bring something home and say, "Damn, <laughs> you know, I well, didn't know it." Let's be, let's... But, but the the point is, 
you know, uh, you know, and, and this is, you know, I, I, having taught business ethics, this really becomes the question: is where's your line on that? Well, we don't have discussions about where we draw the line on that. So I, I'm not sure, you know, what the right policy with regards to our business engagement with China is, but I'm pretty sure it ain't what we're doing now. Okay, uh, we got four minutes here. Let's make it. I agree with everything you said, although I don't, I don't know if there's a policy in there. Uh, question is, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I should know, I should know, but the government should know, say where Nike makes their shoes. I mean, I, let's, let's leave those guys out of it. Uh, let's, let's, for instance, who's the company, Greg, you should, I don't know if you know this or not, who's the guy in the Bulls, this <laughs> sound awful, the white guy that, that plays the defense hurt all the time, what the his name? Uh, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, what the his name, Greg? Uh, anyway, he is, he is a uh, a big sponsor, or he gets paid to be a sponsor of <clears throat> some shoe um, company that I guess only does not sell stuff here yet. They sell them in China, and who knows where else they sell them. Maybe Vietnam. I, I don't know. I have any idea. Maybe they sell them here. But it's a shoe line that is really up there behind in, 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 the, in the Uyghur thing. They're in that province where everybody you know is kind of doing some slave stuff. In Xinjiang, yep. Yeah. Now, if they decide to come here with that stuff, say at the same time, you know, pick a name, uh, Saucony or somebody has decided they're going to start making shoes here because they don't want any part of that stuff. All of a sudden, these guys are going to plan on being at the rack at Dick's Sporting Shoe right next to the to the Kevin line of shoes. Is our What do we do? Is our obligation to just call them out and say, we, have just, we just had a study, though, by the way, these guys um, are using essentially slave labor. Do we just let the, the, the Greg line of shoes on the, on the shelf at 120 bucks sitting there next to these guys at 70 bucks and not say a word about it? Because, you know, or if, if they decide instead of the guy in the bulls who nobody cares about <clears throat> to make Kevin Durant their big star, and all of a sudden everybody, every, everybody has to go buy him because Kevin Durant wears them, now do we do we just let that go? What where's the policy? I guess is my question. Yeah, and again, we 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 want to have free markets. So you know, maybe the policy is in what we publicize. We're, you were talking about Alex Caruso, by the way. Who yeah. has who's who last January switched from Anta to Nike? Okay, so we think and, we, so and, we went from I'm totally scrolling guilty. down this article. Yeah. I'm trying to see if if he did it for altruistic reasons or he just got a better deal. Now the question is, he went from totally guilty to we're not so sure about Nike. Half yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and then the, yeah. I was going to say that's yeah. I don't know that that's a big step up in terms of uh, uh, ethical production. Uh, but let's say it's it's let's say it's a positive step from what we know. Yeah, or what we hope. So yeah, but we also know Nike's history in other countries, not necessarily China, um, of uh, you know of bill of. You know, basically uh, building or uh, making product in in sweatshops. Yeah. All right. We got a, only a minute, Kevin. Let's talk about it on Friday. Let's kind of prep ourselves a little bit. Um, I've heard tell from you know, of course, we're talking about gr- some grumpy old guys that you know I hang with. Totally, totally reaching the turnoff stage on this college ball with everybody sh- shifting teams every day and everybody getting paid to wear. If I never go to another game again, you know, it's fine with me. I mean, it, it, is is there a pushback, or is that just a bunch of grumpy guys saying that in the spring and they can't wait to get there in the fall? Mm. Yeah, uh, it, it it will be a good conversation piece for Friday. I 
is there is the NCAA going to step up and do anything? I, I think they're scared to death that uh, that the, the, uh, if they clamp down, they're just going to lose all those the, all those people are going to withdraw from their organization. So I don't think we're going to see any courage from the NCAA. I probably have heard from ten people regarding the the NBA anyway. Look, I stopped watching those guys with them changing team to team with all that money. The, you know, the inmates are running the asylum. Uh, I have no interest in the NBA, although I thought the playoff games this year were pretty darn good. And you know what? College is getting the same way. I'll just turn them off, too. Uh, you know, my, my, uh, one of my buddies in the hood, he goes, you know what? My nephews and my granddaughters and grandsons play basketball and hockey. I just go watch them. I don't need any of this crap. Although he likes well, and, and yeah. you know what? And there are, uh, um, there are some uh, programs that you know are, are stabilizing a lot. So, um, you know, we, we might see some interest in running stable bat you know stable basketball especially programs um because uh, just because it makes for um uh, more that that continuity works for long-term success well some of it should settle down with the the now phasing out of the extra covid year right you only get the transfer once yeah that that's gonna help um it, you know i i sort of think of uh you know the place that was really had more transfers in and out than any place i've ever seen and that was the uh, louisville women's program wow um and they've continued to be good but for a while there they were great and now it's just a revolving door there there's a and uh, and, and and i and, and they've fallen off just a notch you know just just one step um but there nobody talks to them as a championship well, contender anymore there's a never to be discussed on any show including ours there's some there's somewhat of a dynamic on some of these women's basketball teams where people leave for reasons other than basketball well yeah um yeah but i i will also tell you that you know in in louisville's case for instance their star player Haley van lith left for lsu um, and she had been there four years, so if she was driven away uh, on social stuff, um, I, I would have thought that would have happened a long time ago. That's true. So, uh, so in 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 her case, I think it's just changing the money, but it's also that Je- their coach Jeff Waltz has been uh, he'd recruit well, and then he'd bring in transfers, uh, not for need, but for uh, um, to just bring them in because hey, there's a talented player, and I can bring him in ahead of. Uh, well, maybe Friday we'll I talk about that, and we'll we're gonna we were, I was gonna talk to Lou about the 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 twins that went to Miami, but uh, we're making all the dough, a lot of dough. But we're gonna talk to Lou tomorrow about the uh, Pentagon Papers and Ellsberg, who just died. Anyway, SP Futures up down five, Nasdaq is down thirty three. Kevin will talk at you Friday. We'll be right okay. back with the professor, Russell Rhodes. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom with Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 5, NASDAQ Futures down 34. Do we have the professor? I'm here. How are you, bud? I'm here. How are you, bud? Uh, I'm doing all right. Kevin and, I were, Kevin and I were trying to solve the problems of the world, and they seem like they're unsolvable, just saying. Oh, I've given up on worrying about the world. Um, hey, I have, a, I have an interesting topic for you. It's, it's a little bit... Yes. Um, See, so yeah, I, I think you're like the guy in Gilligan's Island. I'd come at you with any sort of stuff, because I know this is more of the... You know, his name was Russell, too. Really? He was... Uh, yeah, wasn't the actor's name Russell? I, I thought th- it was. I, th- I think oh. it was, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. but I have a, a, a question. We just were talking a little bit about uh, all the people running for president and, um, you know, who's got a chance, who's going to change policy, who, is there anybody who can actually maybe figure out a way to do something with the, you know, the budget and those kinds of things and actually cool down all the craziness that most people think is going on. But let's, let's just kind of stay out of the policy piece for a second, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn you into uh, George Stigler, who is a, a behavioral and a political economist, which is, you know, little out of your field, but not necessarily. Uh, you, you know a lot about a lot of stuff. Uh, we have all these people running. I'm reading this article here by Brian Schwartz. It has to do with Chris Christie lures big donors as he takes on Trump, while billionaire ally Cohen, uh, Cohen, I guess he's the guy who owns the Mets, um, he, he's uh-huh. sitting out so far. It says here, Chris Christie is receiving a wave of big money support as he takes on Donald Trump in a crowded GOP field for the 2024 presidential primary. Motorola Solutions CEO Greg Brown and former U.S. Uh, Trump U.S. ambassador to Italy, Louis Eisenberg, where, where did he come from? I, I know the name, but I can't figure out where he came from, are among those fundraising for Christie. Now, it, at this point, also, you know, let, let's assume you, you're just a CEO of a, of a business that just wants to do business. I mean, you're, you're, you're in Motor, Motorola, you know, pick a place. I mean, I, you know, whatever it is. And you just want... Um, to be supporting, and I'm not going to go with the Chicago stuff because, well, I, well, I guess for a second because I got I got buddies that are in, uh, shall we say, businesses in Chicago that are dependent on the government, uh, be it you know paving, be it you know some people do tax work, uh, property tax work, and all the their worst nightmare is to have five people running and you don't know who's going to win, and you have to like support all five of them type of thing because you can't be in a position of, of, of supporting four and have the fifth person get in. I mean it's I mean right now with at this early in the thing, if you're the if you're the, the head of Exxon say, what what do you do? I mean do you do you throw money at all these guys? Do you throw money at none of these guys? Do you try and see who, who becomes a winner and then hope you pick the guy early enough to where he, it still makes a difference? Because I, th- I think monetarily, if if you and I, for instance, uh held one of these, you know, what do you want to call them, um, drinking parties or coffee parties or whatever it is, and we were to give, not, the names are hard to come up with because I think they got some dough, 
But if you and I were to say, come up with a breakfast where we could write a hundred thousand dollar check to RFK Jr. or Christie or somebody, mm-hmm. and this early in the stage, I mean, economically, this is kind of what I know from when I learned in Chicago. It's probably worth a million dollars once he gets rolling because you were there at the beginning when he really needed the dough. Now, how do you, with, with the group now that's so spread out here, and kind of on both sides, I think a couple of people are going to run against Biden. Uh, what, what do you even do here? How, how, would, how would you make your pitch to your board if you were the CEO and say, this is where we got to go with this? I, I don't even know what to do here. Do you? Uh, I wouldn't do anything. I'd, I'd kind of sit on the sidelines and wait to see how things shake out because you don't you, you, you don't want to do early some of the things that you said you don't want to do early, which is accidentally support the wrong person. Uh, it's got to be I, and, and the, the reasons would be different for either side. Um, you know do you do you want to back Biden and he doesn't make it you know he doesn't get reelected for one, but the other is he doesn't make it you know through a second term. You know, that, that's got to come into your mind. I mean, I'm sorry, that's a reality. But you, you already you have know? had to give him money by, by yeah. now. He's, he's been in there. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's got to be in. There has to have been a check going to him or, or people he cares about by now, or you're already bleep out of luck. Yeah, I guess, I, I mean, that's particularly kind of true. But I would, uh, if, I, if I were on that side, I'd, I'd be friendly with RFK. I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know if this is his time around. And that's another thing is it's a long game. You know, you might, you might support, let, let's say you think uh, Nikki Haley's got a really good shot, but not this time around, the next time around. Well, that's what I'm saying. Getting, you know, getting some, in early. Some of them you've even got to, you know, you got to start, you got to be thinking uh, four years down the road. Because, well, I mean, that, that's part of the process of running. I, uh, um, a friend out here in, in the Burbs that ran for, uh, you know, decided what was business, did very well, and decided he wanted to get involved in politics. And, and, you know, he would explain it to me. And he said, you know, you, you have to run a couple of times for name recognition, and then you're actually running to win. Right. Well, so, so the, the you know, as far as who do you back, uh, you back all of them, or you back any of them that you think have a shot at some point to win. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how many dark horse candidates we've had that have, you know, it, it, it's kind of 50-50 if you think about it. Uh, I doubt at this point in the election cycle anybody thought Bill Clinton was going to become president. And I think uh, the second Bush was almost considered a, a joke when he first ran. Uh, well, I mean, I think the, the uh, there's actually a, a reasonable history. And same thing with you know, I was going to say same thing with Obama as well. Not a joke part with Obama, but more of you know who is this freaking guy and and how in the world could he beat Hillary Clinton? Um, I, I'm starting to think that that I could run my beagle against Hillary Clinton and and my beagle might actually win because she's just so unlikable. Um, she has. You know, I know. But, I know. Just what you're talking about because yeah, I mean, I, and and, and it, you almost hate it for her at this point. Because well, I mean, she, she probably she, doesn't. She probably doesn't even know it. Uh, no, they they look in the mirror and I don't know what they see. But I mean, oh, I mean, I, I would say that if, if if she wandered in some morning for stocks and jacks, I I would you know I, I would not insult the lady. I mean, she's 
she's very bright. She's done a lot of stuff. She's been Secretary of State, a senator. I mean, I mean, she's no uh-huh. dummy, for God's sake. But I, I, no, would, no, no. I would tell her but. straight to her face, you know, I have a certain moral fiber. And when, and when you were getting trades put in your account as a payoff for your, for your, your guy being governor, I've spent my whole life making sure no trades other than mine have been in my account. I don't want somebody else's, even if they're a winner. Once I heard that about you, I could never vote for you. It's as simple as that. I mean, mm-hmm. it does, I, mean I, I guess if she ran against Satan, I, maybe I would. But uh, I, I, I'll, you know, when she ran against Trump, I didn't like Trump. I voted for the Libertarian. I don't know who the guy was. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I, I just I can't. I don't think I don't want a president who has somebody else's trades in their account. Now, is that me being a, a total dumbo? I, I don't know. Maybe. But I have I no. Have, that's <laughs> it. You know what? It's your vote, and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. And Trump, I once you I, know, I <laughs> just that, that you know that's another thing is is if my vote, and I can do whatever ever I want with it. If if you don't agree with that, great. But you know it's it, your vote, you can if you want to give it to the libertarian guy. That's you know part of you know being a citizen here, paying your taxes here, and not being a felon here. But the danger, Do whatever you, the danger with that though, Russell, and I'll, I'll criticize myself here. Why not? That's what traders do because no matter what you do during the week, you always have a bad trade, right? You piss yourself. So it's it's not a it's not a very uh, shall we say personally rewarding business because all you do is remember the losers, not the winners, right? Because you're supposed oh, to, yeah. you're supposed to make the winners. That's that's what you're good at. The losers gnaw at you. So you, you could be one in five, and all you think about is the one, right? I mean, especially uh-huh. if it, especially if it's clients, you know. I mean, you know, you always want to make every single trade a good one for clients, but I don't know how you do that. But I, but I, the problem with today's world, I yeah. think, or some of it is, if 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 Russell Rhodes runs, and 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 one day he says, you know, I don't, uh, I don't really care all that much about. Uh, the student loan situation and fixing it, you might you might pick up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you might pick up twenty thousand negative votes that you'll, you you can never come back from. And there's when you, when you see these guys yeah. talk, ladies and guys but talk, it, they don't talk about yeah. anything substantive because we the populace have decided that one one thing you disagree with. Torpedo, tor- totally torpedoes the person, and even with you don't, even the other ninety percent you might agree with. That that's what we've done. I mean, the reason why these these people act the way they do is because because of us. I think in a lot of ways. But, but tell me, I'm wrong there. No, it's not that. And and I, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, part of it probably is because of us, because because of how you know, because what we want. They've got to pander to us to a certain point. But I was I was thinking through. You were talking about you know, who do you back? Well, it goes beyond backing the one that you think is going to win. In fact, you, you might be better off uh, um, backing, backing one of the guys that loses. And, and I'm just giving you a total hypothetical here. Um, my, my, one of my next-door neighbors, he, he sold it off, but he, uh, he runs a uh, RAN-owned a, uh, a trucking logistics company. Um, you know, if, if he had perfect foresight... He'd have been back in Mayor Pete. Yeah. You know, so you know if if you if you really you know if you're super savvy, and you take a look at the field, you can take a look at the field and go, okay, I do think Trump's going to win this thing again. Um, and if Trump were a normal human being, who would you know who might 
take, take bring some of his rivals in, and to, you know he's not going to do that. No. But if it were a normal situation, let's say you think, let's say Trump's in jail and there's no chance he can win, and we're, we're going to make it a normal situation here, and you know it's between Christie and uh, the guy from Florida, Rick. DeSantis. Um, DeSantis. You know, may, maybe those are the two major guys that you support. But if you if you take a look at the field and you're like, you know what, Nikki Nikki Haley's not a, a divisive person. Um, you know, she's a darn good chance she's probably going to have something to do with either, you know, with, with with the administration for either of the people that win. You know, maybe I go ahead and back her and and hope that there's a you know a way that she can help me out. You know, once the Republicans are back in the White House. Well, so I mean, there's, you, there's probably you know because because I've I've always wondered. Uh, you, you, you kind of scratched a little part of my brain there. I've always wondered, you know, who the hell? Because I because I'm getting all the solicitations from both sides now. Oh sure, especially because so you yeah. need to have a certain number of, of donors to be on the stage for the Republican. Yeah, you know, I can buy I can buy a hat and a T-shirt for a dollar and, and you know and and go give them out. But I've always thought now, you know, who the hell? My motivation is because I'd like to see as many people on the stage as possible. Uh, um, I, 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 I'm a, so, so I'm, I would. Be I'm willing a, to give a dollar to all of them just so they have a donor. I'm, a, but, I'm, I'm again that, but I'm yeah. a, well. But, let's put it this way: uh, I'm 100 percent with you in the sense I'd like to see the field open. What yeah. I don't want is some bleep like Trump in the middle, accusing people of having small hands, and you know what he really meant, and sweating and, yeah. and dominating the conversation, and, and, the, and, the, and the, the losers in this country think that's really cool, and that makes that makes a president. I mean, I, I, I don't want to yeah. see that. No, I, I, unfortunately, we're going to see it again. Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting. You, you've, you've, you've opened my brain yeah. here to the point where, uh, okay, so let's say, for instance, we end up with the same, the same we did last time. Oh God, Biden and Trump, and uh, and Biden um, wins again, which I think in a stand-up race he probably would. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like because I, I'm, yeah. So does that mean? Two two questions. Does that mean that four years from now we're looking at RFK and Nikki Haley, which, by the way, would be two way better choices than this time if it's Trump and Oh yeah. Now the question is, I guess I got to ask: Ask, do we survive the next four years? What are we What are we going to look like? The last The last eight years, we've gone. To my point, we've gone straight downhill. The one great thing, and the one thing that always gives me a, a ton of confidence. Is that we we have a system that's set up? I mean, people have power, you know, no question whatsoever. People have power, but you know, it, it you, you can't the way our system is set up, you can't have Putin type power. You know, every part you, you can you, you, every four years, you, know, you 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 got to stand up and hopefully you know as fair as you can possibly have election. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, if, if you're unpopular, if you've done things that people do not approve of or they want another guy in there, uh, another person's going to end up being in there eventually. Well, I... Uh, and, and we have a continuous, you know, we have a, con- a continuous turnover process where if, you know, if, if all of Democrats, like, it just totally, if, if everybody, I don't even want it to be a party, if everybody from one party just suddenly got together and passed a, you know, tried to do a bunch of things legislatively, and change the way people live their lives and invade Mexico just for the heck of it. Um, 
you know, all, all at the same time, uh, within two years, a bunch of those people are going to be up for election and can be replaced. Well, let me ask you this. Is, is, yeah. is, so you're talking my about... point is, I, I like to believe that our system is set up in such a way that when you say something like, what are we going to look like in four years? Um, you know, we might be a divisive nation, et cetera, but we're not going to fall completely apart. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick away at that a little bit in terms of uh, right now, I think under the last two people that I think should neither one of them should have been president. I think that the, the people of the real power in this country, whoever it happens to be, whether it's some combination of big donors, big corporations, big something, I think if you were to put, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, to a little bit of a history. Um, and, I, you know, the guy obviously had issues with extramarital affairs and God knows what else. Um, Several years ago, I got, I got turned on by one of the listeners into some article where a guy actually went back and listened to all the scratchy John Kennedy tapes when he was in office. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, you know, and I don't know about the politics, and I, I know, you know, Kennedy was out to be this big hero and whatever else, but a lot of it, you know, maybe shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have been. But um, the guy said it was absolutely amazing that no matter who he was in a room with, whether it was oil guys, whether it was construction guys, whatever it was, by the time the meeting was over, that his preparation, it was obvious who knew more about the business than the guys who ran him. The dude was just brilliant when it came to, mm-hmm. he, he, he belonged at the table with the head of Chevron, Exxon, or something talking about oil. I don't think... These guys, I mean, I mean, tonight Biden's sitting with these five heads of these companies with this guy from India. Do they even let him talk? I mean, I, mean, I can't imagine Trump being on an intellectual par with any of these people that come into there. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what a conversation was like between him and Rex Tillerson. I mean, what, what, what do they have to even to talk about? <laughs> one, one, one guy knows everybody worldwide. One guy runs mm-hmm. a massive place, has, what, a million employees on his own, and, and I'm not you know, I'm not saying the guy's perfect, but just in terms of knowledge, I, I don't think they're even belonging in the same room. Same way with George Bush. And if he was in there with the heads of the five oil companies, he's the little kid in the room. I mean, I, we, we got to somehow yeah. stop that. I, I mean, I don't. I, I think that there's an amazing well, amount of. I mean, look what's happened. Look at how much Pfizer pushed this this administration around, and to a certain extent, the Trump administration. Oh yeah, no, that, that they they. Got on. They got on both of them. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, who's the more uh, who's the more powerful person, the head of Pfizer or our president? I'm I'm thinking right now it's the head of Pfizer. He uh, can't start now, a war, but but about a couple of years ago. Yeah. But he can't start a war. But look what, oh. but look what in terms of pushing people around in terms of policy, in terms of what they did to the economy. Uh-huh. And I mean, and I look at the people gathering all this information at people. Somebody somebody wants to go to a digital currency, to where everybody knows, everybody. Is going to know everything you're doing day and night. Now, who wants that? Yeah, and then you can't you can't break the law anymore. Uh, that's one possibility. Some people probably yeah. can, and some people probably can't. Yeah, I, 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 you know that, and we know we know from being in the financial industry uh, when a bunch of new rules get set, people try to figure out how they can get around them. So they'll yeah. they'll always be that. Well, you, but how many people do you survey? I mean, uh, mm. I mean, who do you who do you go after? You go after the people you don't like. I mean, yeah. you, had a, you had a tape on Elliot Spitzer, right? Yeah. 
Why him? Yeah, exactly. So what, uh, what's going on? What's going on in academia? What what is the uh, what are the classes people want to have? What are the questions you're getting from your people, not just from me? Uh, uh, it's mostly about the interest rate thing, um, and and there is a big disconnect right now between what the the dot plot came out and said and what the futures are saying. Uh, the futures are saying um, we may get one more hike and then that's it. Uh, whereas, whereas Powell was saying we're going to get uh, probably you know, probably two by the end of the year, and the I, I, I have the students all fixated because I'm teaching derivatives this summer on you know interpreting what the futures market's telling you with respect to what the Fed's going to do. So they're all paying close attention to that, and then they and then they noted last week that the futures that the that there was. That Powell was saying one thing and the market was projecting something different. Why is that, Professor Rhodes? <laughs> well, why, how, do you, how does anybody yeah, know what the market's progressing? Uh, well, let's put it this way: if, if you were going to be a, you're not, you're never going to say this um, because you're mm-hmm. much more politically correct than me. You could just say because the Fed's been lying to you for a decade. <laughs> um, I, I didn't necessarily. Well, I said because the market doesn't believe the Fed. At this point, well, that's the same thing. Uh, same thing, just a little yeah, nicer. I know. Well, I was more polite about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, and and it's you, you can take the Fed fund, you can take uh, the futures markets and get an idea of what the you can back into what what the market is projecting the risk free rate is going to be at, at certain points. So, well, we went from think that, I th- I like showing them that because I like to show them that they're even if you are never going to trade a derivative in your life, you, there is something useful in the in the form of understanding these things. Well, let me... Uh, I, I just want to... I, mean, I, I have a, obviously a very strong view on this, and I... But, but it's, of course, it's it's just one opinion. I mean, uh, what did Erin Burnett say? Opinions are like... She cleaned it up. Opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one, but... What, but she, yeah. It's not really... It's not really noses, right? It's... it's anyway. Yeah. But they all stink. I... I uh, what, what does it what does it tell you, Fed wise, um, when we have a policy that we put, you know, because of COVID, maybe right idea, maybe wrong idea, we put so much money into the system, we got this balance sheet that's massive. Which, by the way, the European Central Bank and the British are almost exactly the same as ours on a potential basis. The coordination mm-hmm. among the three people, I think, was unusual through the centuries. But whether it was good or bad, I don't know. We, so we we tap out at eight nine three four, right and. Uh, June twenty second, twenty twenty two. So let's say I, mean, I don't think that's exactly the top out. So the Fed decides we're going to start pulling this money out of here. And we're going to combat inflation. That's really what you do, right? I mean, you pull money back out of the system, correct? Uh, yeah. I and mean, that's really but, the interest rate is really a derivative of of lot of the money in and out of the system, right? It's it's that's what happens when you either pull money out or pull money in, correct? It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not. You don't. They don't set the rate. They maneuver the money supply to where the rate goes to they, where they want it to. They are involved in the open market to keep the rate within a target. Yes, within a range. Well, so they go from from uh, eight nine three four. Russell, you might, might, I'm looking right at the graph, so you can, you can take my. And they get down to uh, eight three three nine. So they're they're down uh, roughly sixty billion dollars, and and kind of on the. I'm sorry, six hundred billion dollars. Yeah, uh, six hundred billion dollars at kind of the rate they're talking about. And like in a year, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be what twenty, thirty a month, and 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 they did it. 
Okay, so the, mm-hmm. but the so people are wondering: Do you still have the Fed put behind the market? Are you still are you still covered from these guys? And it gets to the point where maybe in the market, maybe these guys are actually. My brother is a firm believer. Are actually for once going to do exactly as they say? And you, you saw the market lose, you know, some, some, uh, yeah. some, some, some mojo, right? And we had to, some of the tech companies came down a lot last year. In other words, the, the Fed was actually draining a little bit, which is seemingly what you and I, I think, at the time thought was the thing they should do. Not all at once, mm-hmm. but so all of a sudden we have this Silicon Valley thing. They immediately pour in two weeks. They pour more than two thirds of that money back in that it took them a year to drag out. And now they've been they've been draining it down a little bit. Now, the message I'm thinking is that under any stretch, <laughs> the market has any kind of a problem, any sort of a hiccup, you know, it farts, it does anything, they're they're unhesitatingly gonna put billions and billions back in to save whatever these values are. I mean is that a message I should be looking at here? Because that it clearly is a message that that's the message that's being sent. Yes. That's the message, and, and that message has been being sent uh, for almost my whole career. Right, but never, yeah, it, but it, never it, at this it, level of inflation. I mean, if no, they if they never, do it never again, when, never when we had it, it was real easy to do when you know when there weren't other problems already out there, but you know they. Yeah, I feel like it's just a it's just a knee jerk fear reaction sometimes, uh, just to make sure that you know that you're not presiding over the next you know market disaster. But now, if you put as you and I, we're going to go break here in a second, but so kind of mull on this one. Uh, monetary policy, I actually think this might have shortened up a little bit in our in our business lifetime. Used to be it was a six month lag. I don't think it is anymore. I think it's more like. Three or four, um, but then I, I can't. I yeah. can't. I can't prove that. You, you could. You have your guys. You could hit the computers and, and figure out if I'm right or wrong. Give me a C, a D, F, whatever you want to give me. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that a, a, a big part of this massive run up in the last two months in these stocks is the playing out of this four to five hundred billion dollars of that two weeks. And now, since they have come back down. They're almost back down to where they were before that started. I think that if you if you just overlay the, the curves, I think we're, we're into a little bit of a pause in the market here. Now the question is, are they going to keep going down, which it looks like they've flattened out and actually have gone up the last couple of weeks. If they keep going down, I think you got to be concerned about this rally. If they decide they're going to just mm-hmm. gonna flatten out here, these stock prices could stay at these what I consider to be pretty high multiples. Now, whether we grow in them or not, that's the story. I mean, we don't know that yet. But I mean, if you look at the market movement here and look at this this chart, it's it it flows, Russell. I mean, where am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. So, so where, where do you, um, now, where do they go from here? Do they actually try and attack the price level is still being really high, or do they just say that's it? We're just gonna Stop inflation going forward as best we can, and uh, that's it. I mean, be, you're going to have to live with sixty-five thousand dollars cars, even though nobody makes enough to buy one. Gosh. Well, I mean, it's um, that's a decision, right? That they got to do. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, um, I don't know. You, you threw a lot at me. I, you, you were throwing a lot at me. You said we were going to go to break, so I can ponder it. Now I'm pondering. Well, now, now, now ponder. <laughs> SP futures down ten. Nasdaq futures down fifty-one. Be right back, stacks and jacks. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. I'm somehow Greg Pappas on the on the board. S and P futures now 13. Now we're, we're leaking some. Uh, it's not not huge or anything like that, but we're definitely. Uh, uh, leaking breaking news. Powell expects more Fed rate hikes ahead as inflation fight has a long way to go, which is kind of just, just what we've been talking about here. I think he goes in front of uh, Greg, why don't you check this? Way. He goes in front of the, do you go to the House first and the Senate tomorrow? He's I'll one, check right now. Yeah, he's, for one, you. he's one of them today and one of them tomorrow. Dow futures down 54, individual stocks in the Dow. Caterpillar is actually up to 16, so that's not causing it to be down. We got Microsoft down a buck 67, uh, Salesforce down 96 cents, so not much in the in the Dow. Uh, and Nvidia, which was up yesterday, down 359. We've got Tesla, our uh, one, our new favorite stock, I guess, is up 79 cents. It was up way more than that earlier, so we're kind of leaking on this uh, this news. It must be reading his notes that he's going in front of Congress to, to talk about over in Europe. Dex down 49.3 percent, puts you down 19.3 percent. Back around down 30.4%, so muted but down over there. Uh, Nikkei up uh, 186.5%. Hang Seng down 388, almost 2%. Uh, Shenzhen, which is one of the Chinese markets, down 2%. The Shanghai is only down 1.3% or 42 points. So uh, China not so hot here this morning. Yesterday, uh, Dow was down 245, S&P down 20, NASDAQ down 22. NASDAQ, I thought it was going to break positive by the end of the day. It was positive a few times and it was kind of back down a little bit. Uh, but the S&P was down pretty much all day. Uh, bonds up three basis points, 3.76. The Bund unchanged, 2.41. Japan unchanged, 0.38. Oil up seven cents, 71.26. Brent unchanged, 75.90. Natural gas unchanged, 2.48. Arbob down two cents, 2.58. We've got gold, which has been clobbered, clobbered again today, down 8.80, 19.38. Silver down 22 cents, 23 even. Copper down two cents, 3.85. We've got crypto. Bitcoin up with over 1,100 points now as a couple of firms 
and we'll get we'll get uh, Russell to comment on this. Is a couple of firms said they're gonna they're actually gonna create a uh, Bitcoin exchange that doesn't hold people's cash like the ones that have all been going under. So a regular exchange, for lack of a better term, and uh, that seems to have put a positive kick to Bitcoin in the last couple of days. Uh, U.S. dollar, um, it's up a little bit against the euro at 109. Uh, it's up pretty good against the pound. Uh, it's down to 1.27. But these guys are still relatively high compared to a few weeks ago. What do you have for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Good morning, everyone. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay, nice. That's uh, Powell speaking at the semi-annual monetary testimony. Uh, that's the House... The House goes first, the, the Senate tomorrow. Yeah, I think. the House uh, Financial Services Committee. Oh, God, that's... Uh, what's her name? The All-Stars. Superstars oh, yeah. of Super finance, so yeah. Isn't uh, the lady <laughs> Maxine. from... Maxine Waters. She's the chair of the thing. Oh. Big Maxine Waters. Oh, God. Right. So today, Chicago 63, clear sunny, high of 83. Phoenix, 80 degrees, sunny, high of 104. Uh, traffic moving slowly inbound. The inter- uh, Kennedy is 39 minutes. Dempster to the interchange is uh, 70 minutes on the Edens. Eisenhower, Wolf to the interchange, 34 minutes. And inbound Stevenson to the interchange is 25 minutes. Cubs beat the Pirates 4-0. White Sox beat the Rangers 7-6. And the Diamondbacks lost to the Brewers 5-7. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. The, uh, <laughs> we have a whole, whole bunch of questions here for Russell, plus he's pondering. Um, one of our friends uh, who works at the uh, Fed was actually in front of one of these congressional committees, Russell. Greg, you, mm-hmm. know, what I'm you know what I'm talking about, but he'll go nameless. <laughs> He's sitting there, you know, the chair in the middle, right, where you look like, you know, the, the whole world's looking down at you and all the guys are up on the big stage. And and, and they're talking to him about, uh, it was, it was a f- I think, the Agricultural Committee, which handles, like, they uh, handle futures. futures. And, uh, yeah. So he's talking about giving the exchanges a direct line into the Fed because because the, the rules of uh, Dad Frank are so screwed up uh, that if if you if all of a sudden one of the uh, say the say the Merck clearing or something has you know five hundred million dollars extra one day and they want to put it in a bank nobody would take it because the rules are so messed up that. The bank would actually, because it's considered short-term money that it might leave the next day, that the bank had of extra capital to take it in. So, let me get this straight: we, we've designed a banking system, a banking system where you can't give them money, and oh, by the way, they don't give loans. So, like, I mean, Russell, what manner of morons could put this thing together? But anyway, he—that's he, like a Dilbert comic. Yeah, it's like a Dilbert thing. So he, so he's in front of these guys, and he's talking about all these technicalities of how the money goes this way and how it goes and how and. So he sends me a tape. First of all, I immediately uh, tweet back. I'm going to say, you know, who sold you the, the bereavement counselor's suit? He had this black suit. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I don't think he appreciated that all that much. I said, did anybody have any idea what you were talking about? He said, well, the chairman had a clerk or a, a, a whatever, who, not a clerk, what do they call the helpers there? The clerk would be a, a market maker clerk. He goes, mm-hmm. he was really bright, so the chairman was up to speed. And what I was talking about, he goes, Nobody else had any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> they're, all, they're all sitting there. Anyway, uh, you were you were pondering. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what did you What did you ponder? I mean, is is are we going to attack the inflation number? Right. I was. Uh, well, it's the thing that everybody's fixated on right now. So they're probably going to spend more time on that one. And it's the one that they have have the most problems with. Um, 
they they I the thing is the balance sheet is such a one off that nobody you know that that you're talking about I understand nobody else cares about yeah. they should care about it but they don't care about it. I, they don't care about it they don't and care because they don't know you, no they well yeah they don't care because they don't know that's just me what I mean but, but, but should we know <laughs> but so should we know they should know but they don't know you know they they you know it, I had I, somebody. I, I remember reading where somebody said that their grandmother, for the first time ever, asked them what they thought the Fed was going to do because they knew they were in the financial industry. Um, and when Grandma was asking that, it was about rates. It wasn't about the balance sheet or any of that other stuff that that is other that are other levers that you know you can heat and cool the economy with. So they're. I think they're less willing to be aggressive with that because there's no positive incentive for them to be, you know, to 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 work it down. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I well, the uh, Dan was on last Thursday. I'm not saying you should have been listening or whatever, but Dan was on last Thursday, and, and Dan's mm-hmm. in the fixed income market, and and I, I tell you what, I mean, I've learned a real lot from him and you and the rest of the guys on here. So my hands off to you, but uh, he said, you know what, he thinks that the consensus is that somehow or another people have somehow made do they've rearranged their budgets they've done something maybe they've got even a part-time job in addition to having the two jobs in the family that the consensus from the, the people on high is that somehow or another people are dealing with this new price level and 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 they can get away without attacking that as long as they don't let it get a whole lot worse I, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see that work, Russell. What's their it, other option, though? Uh, yank the money supply down dramatically and, and actually deflate the economy. Yank the bandaid off. Yeah. Scream about it for a couple of quarters, and then hopefully things are better for the long term. You know, get, get actually get the car prices down from sixty-five that, to forty. Yeah. I don't know how you do that without wrecking everything. I mean. I, that's I, you know what, I was actually, I, I was at a, a, a roundtable with the Fed yesterday, and the, the, there were legitimate um, concerns about what you're talking. What you're talking about was brought up specifically about how housing affordability is is it, it's just gone for most people, and now you're reaching a point where car affordability is going to go away as well. Um, you know, I know, I, I, I. I I will chat it up sometimes with Uber drivers. Um, Uber drivers are benefiting because they're blue collar people now that can't get to and from work because they can't afford a car anymore, right. so they use Uber. Well, I, I mean, and you the know, thing that I, I, I suspect that's, are, not, that's not a viable solution when um, you know your, Uber your kid falls off the swing set right? and you got to get them to the ER as quickly as possible. Well, I don't I mean I you ain't uh, got no car no more. I'm going to say that the people you're talking to at a Fed roundtable, I mean. I'm not going to disparage any of them as individuals because I'd love to have them on the show. I will. Well, you might. Okay. I will. Well, here's the thing is is it was a roundtable run by the Fed, and it was a bunch of business leaders in Indiana. Well, okay. So it was the the business leaders that were talking about what you just brought up, not, you know, they were feeding that information to people from the Federal Reserve. But I'm, I'm... I'm going to take it kind of. So there. One, so I'm going to take it one step. Taken and something's being done with it. I'm going to take it one step further, Russell, in terms of what policy you would recommend. Now, I'm going to say automobiles, on a scale of one to ten, competitiveness. They're not real competitive, but they're 
somewhat competitive. You know, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, they're okay. Now, but I think the the business people, and maybe they're the ones that are doing it, so, you know, whatever. And the people on the Fed, I, I really don't think, they're, they're insulated enough where, I don't know, they don't. My concern is, out of all the stuff that people pay in their life, uh, right now, or in their life, this month, this year, a real big percentage of it has gotten to the point where it's controlled by very monopolistic cartel type industries and to where it took the the gas company the phone company those people the whole two years of the inflation to actually work this crap through their legislatures or through the approval process to where your gas bill your electric bill all this stuff is now just now really going up in a lot of cases Mm -hmm. certainly certainly the phone bills in, in the business phone area is I don't. I, I think the Fed could drop the money supply to zero, and they're not going down. I don't think they have any any idea that once you start this, you can't turn it back. What, what, I mean, I don't. You, I, can, I you can just try. You you can't turn it back. You just got to try and slow it down and moderate it. And do the things that they're trying to do now. But just the numbers here, Russell. Uh, uh-huh. I, I did this scribble in here because uh, Audrey. Can you buy ten? Uh, she's all kinds of. I mean, Audrey's. You know, she does well at her her business because. People like her, and they should. And she's actually really good at it. Uh, it's not a shameless plug, but I watch her uh-huh. door. I watch her do her work, and I can't. When she was on the trading floor, she was a terrific broker. She actually gave her crap, mm-hmm. gave her crap, knew how to count. <laughs> it didn't, didn't take anything from anybody. Uh, so I mean, it's mm-hmm. the personality is still there. She's got some people. Get a load of this. They're looking at a, a house, um, and they they really like it. It's in this area. And the house next door had been on for sale like three years ago, four years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, they almost bought that one, and they're pissed off they didn't, basically. Well, at the time, the house was uh, 520 Okay, it's a nice place. He's, you know, this is both, mm-hmm. both, both members of the couple work, and, they, and they're kind of retired, and they're selling a place. Anyway, they got the dough. But um, now the thing is going for like 560 So let's say it's... It's gone up. Well, it hasn't gone up near as much as a lot of housing. So say it's up ten. Yeah, I was say, say. It's up ten percent <laughs> in the three. But even even that, yeah. if they were to pay five sixty four today, the five twenty. Let's say they're normal people and they put down a hundred grand. So we're talking about a, a four four twenty mortgage at three percent is seventeen seventy one. Now if they pay five sixty, put the same hundred grand down. They probably got to put a little more uh, for twenty percent. At six and a half, it's. Thirty-five forty. It's doubled in, yeah. in the three years. And oh, by the way, I'll bet your insurance is at least doubled, and I'll bet the taxes are up forty percent. How the hell could these idiots tell us that this inflation is five percent and have us oh, believe it? And have, no, us, and have no, us believe no. it? But I mean, these numbers are astounding. I mean, how how many nights mm-hmm. out are we talking about here? Instead, instead of living, I'm going to say with with uh, taxes and Insurance three years ago, seventeen seventy one. Let's say the taxes are eight hundred a month. What's probably nine grand a year there? Eight, say a thousand a month. All right, it's it's twenty seven seventy one plus another fifty for your insurance. We're talking uh, twenty eight hundred bucks a month. Now the, ins- the taxes have to be up. The insurance. Now we're talking probably four grand a month. I mean, it's not even. Mm-hmm. On the, I mean, we're not even on the same playing field. Not four grand. Five grand a month. No. Yeah. No. It. it- it adds up extremely quickly, and um, that's—I I don't know what what Audrey's seeing, but uh, out here, 
you know, we're, we live in one of those verbs where this is this is home selling season because people try to you know try to coordinate that with the with the school year, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of places going up for sale. Well, how, how, I, I how can you move? How can you move if you yeah, got three exactly, percent more? Because, yeah, it, it just you're you're better off um, you're better off just kind of sticking where you are with the payment that you have right now. And um, I forgot what they. Uh, they said, like, we, we were talking about some of the, you know, the, the current state of the mortgage market, and about a quarter of mortgages right now have a 3% or better rate. Yeah. They're outstanding. Um, it's um, when you start to work your way up to higher numbers, uh, it's still like 92% of mortgages have a rate lower than what, what the market rate is right now. Um, they did note that apparently the mortgage rates haven't gone up as much as inflation has, or as much as the interest, the risk-free interest rate has gone up. Yeah, so six and a half. Well, but you know, not. I mean, yeah, but we went from zero to five on the other. Oh, okay, but I mean, we. Yeah, I yeah, mean but, that, that's what they're saying. But the, 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 as, the as six, opposed to as opposed to three to six. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna lob this one out there because right? I don't. Uh-huh. You know, Greg could probably find this. I'm gonna say that the. The ten-year, I'm looking right at it. TNX is uh, three point seven. Let's say the mortgage rates are six point seven, which they probably are. Ooh. I'm going to say that the three percent over the ten-year is is not is not cheap. It's the ten years what the mortgage is based on that the sixty-six month usually. I'm going to say that three percent is somewhat normal to high th- that spread. Mm-hmm. When you think I'm wrong, I, I don't know. I mean, I, well, no, no, no. I'm just saying they—they they were just saying that you know the the mortgage rates have not gone up five percent like the no, but the ten year nominally zero to three. I mean, is a lot different than three to six yeah. or whatever. But yeah. Well, know. when the when the mortgage rates were three and a half, the the ten year was what one and a half, right? So it was a two percent spread, and now we're yeah now yeah, we're at the nominal spread. dollars that they're making, okay. they're willing to accept less at the the five and six than. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know that. Well, where, where I was going with that, and what they were saying about that, is that uh, you, we, when we do start to see cuts in rates, you're, you may not see the same thing happen in the mortgage market. So it might take the housing market a little bit longer to recover. Well, you know, I, I uh, learned so much on this show from mm-hmm. uh, you, lovely guests. Uh, I did not. I did not. Boy, I, I you could have knocked me over with a feather. Nancy was on a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago. And she was talking about who who needs a new mortgage, and she goes, "Well, if you get a divorce, Russell, I had I've never been divorced. I I had no uh, idea. I just assume that I don't know why I assumed it. I just assumed that if you and your wife had had a mortgage and you got divorced, that somehow the remaining person got to keep that mortgage or whatever. Evidently, well, you can't afford it. Well, evidently, you need a new mortgage if if." If anything changes, if it's if it's just you or just her, or whoever, oh, I, I mean, or I mean, the new mortgage is, is at the new rate. You don't get to keep the yeah. I, I I guess I never thought of it. I never thought about it. But she goes, yeah, mostly a lot of your new mortgages now are people that get divorced. They're the ones that have to get the new. I'm going, wow. There's I, a, there's a price I for. I never thought of it that either. I just I just kind of assumed that you took over what you had. Yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah. I, there's another reason, take, I guess, to, to hang take, together <laughs> or something. Take, yeah, take the, oh, oh, come on, man. Finan- I mean, financial is 90% of the reason I'm still married. Oh, God. So, 
What are you yeah. talking about? I'm going to sound clip that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's sitting. She's sitting ten feet from me. Right I'm, I'm going to say that, that you've got one of the and, best deals going. And actually, she and she's not and she's not listening because I got no reaction whatsoever. You you got one of the best from. deals going. Your wife is brilliant. Your daughters actually like you, and even the dogs like I know, you. I, they're both looking at me like now. Now I'm getting the luck. How do you? But. How does somebody get? Four and five females, if you count the dogs, to like them. I mean, how many guys are like <laughs> have that going for them? I don't know too many. I never said I never said these people in this house like me. They don't, I, you had your daughter in here. Their, I I buy their love. I got news for you. Your daughter buy, would never. I drive the beater, and everybody else drives around. All right, we'll take a vote, Greg. His his daughter got up at this hour in the morning, and came in to be a guest on the show. She was a perfect gentlewoman. She would not have done that if she didn't like Dad. I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't think I would have ever gotten up this They're early. Talking about you. So yeah, she, she's in the I room. Even get up for school. Oh, good. So, so how's how's oh, the? Let's just put it this other way. I, you know, we talked about my other daughter coming down there and talking about the tornado stuff, et cetera, and she has no no desire. Whatsoever. I would I would love to have her, especially with all stuff going on in does, Texas. She doesn't like me. All right. Only the one that came down there with me likes me. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd love to hear about it. With all the stuff going on in Texas, and and I bet she's got oh. some opinions on has the tornado track moved. Um, it seems like it has a little bit. Hey, is the dog supposed to die? Is she still alive? She's still alive, sitting right here, chewing on a toy. Well, I'm just sur- I'm just surrounded by you know all kinds of female love here. Um, so she decided so she's living the dream. I'm the I'm the Hugh Hefner of um, the western suburbs oh, God. of Chicago. Oh god! So living in a house with a bunch of beautiful women. All right, while you're doing that, why don't you mull mm-hmm. this one? Kevin and I were talking about: Are any of the people running for office right now? Um, or is there any potential of? I'll say. When I say economic change, any idea of uh, tr- truth and truth in government and a way to get the uh, financial house a little bit better in order is anybody anybody there that can make that change? The Zach, the Zach. I who? can't pronounce his last name. Who? But Ramaswamy. The Zach. Yeah, thank you. Do you know what he does? Uh, he was a VC. A biotech VC. Well, that, yeah, but do you know uh, what, the, the main fund that he was uh, that he's kind of known for? No. Ant anti ESG investing. Really? Yeah. Look at look up his uh, his bio like on Wikipedia. He's anti ESG. He's like completely opposite of ESG investing. <laughs> this is our guy, guys. Oh, well, okay. he's pulling a solid what two? I know that's the sad part. He's only thirty-seven years old. Yeah, he's 37 years old and like he can, 600 million dollars. He can do like Trump. He can run eight times and finally get elected. And he probably got the money to do it, too. What, uh, you know, there, there was a, a guy, he's got to be retired by now. We were talking to him a few years ago about maybe uh, taking over his firm here in downtown. He was a money oh, manager. Sorry, 2%. Yeah. 2%. He's yeah. even yeah. behind Christie. Oh, I'm, I'm not Christie's surprised. 2. But, 3. Like, that's, a guy, that's a guy I think would, would that I'd like to see on the stage. Well, you, know, you know, I don't know anything about him. I, I know what I've read about him. I've seen a couple of interviews with him, but I would like to. I'd like. I, I think it would. It would be really great if if everybody. I mean, it, you didn't even know when I said his first name. You didn't even know no. that I was talking about somebody running for president. I saw a name of somebody else this morning that I I, I was reading a couple of things and then I had to jump on the air. Um, I saw somebody else who I had never heard of that apparently is running for. Um, President on the Republican side. Well, I'd, I'd forgotten about Nikki well, Haley. She's with, got a solid uh, three point eight. Well, yeah, she, and I think that, I think that's unfortunate because I do think she's a, a would be a, 
uh, I think she'd be a really good president. Is she running? Man, it's uh, not even close. Are, are you thinking she's running for yeah. next time? Probably. Yes, I think I, I think she's running for next time, and I think she's she's possibly running just to distance herself from Trump. Well, you know who uh, for next for next time. You know who ran for next time and right. got in. Who? Uh, Obama. No, Clinton. Bush was Bush was a lock. None of the none of the big time uh, Democrats wanted to run against him. They thought he was absolute lock for his second term. So Clinton yeah. ran ran for next time, and all of a sudden, Bush kind of self destructed. And uh, yeah, he self destructed in a uh, in a debate. He really he, somebody. It was one of those debates where he was getting asked uh, a question, you know, questions from the audience, and one of them was I, I want to say an African American single mom who you know asked about you know, different policies and how they impact her. And he was got he he just got a couple of times he said I'm sorry I'm just not following your question, and that just blew him up. Well, he had a he just he had a problem with and the. You know what? He'd lived in a he'd lived in a bubble forever. Yeah. It, yeah. He 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 went to the supermarket and was absolutely impressed with the barcode scanner. Yeah, he uh, he he was the Joe you know? Biden of his time. I mean, uh. Yeah, it just it, 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 I I don't want to say it wasn't his fault, but. You know, part of it was just the the kind of stuff that he couldn't shed from who he was, and he had been you know riding around in limos and been in the bubble yeah. for so long, he didn't didn't know what the real world was like. Well, what? Uh, so, but but you kind know, of like but, our current president. Yeah, but once once you're in the game, you never know if the people around you are going to self destruct. I mean, because Clinton, right? I think. Well, and that's that's the other reason I think a lot of Republicans. I think if you're a Republican, you're running for two reasons. You're running because you think something's going to happen and Trump's going to have to drop out. Or you're running for next time. And the way that you're running for next time is, is, especially if you used to be a Trump ally, is, well, look, I ran against him. I'm not his guy anymore. You're, you're, but at the same time, you're, you know, you're kind of playing both sides of it there. Um, is there any – uh, is, is there a policy? Is, is there something that somebody – I mean, if you and I landed in there, would we, would we, would we dig up the old, uh, was it Simpson Bowles study? I mean, what, what would you do? What, what would be your first thing? I, I don't on the tax side. The first, you know what? The first thing that I would do is I would, I would come, I would try to figure out energy independence. I would do that too. I, because I, because I, I, I honestly believe that. If, if you if you start to mess around with with all you know all the different potential conflicts and everything else you know a, a lot of the different problems we have in the world uh, it it can come back to uh, being dependent on other parts of the world for certain things uh, and therefore having to pick winners and losers around the world but if we, if we had energy independence we could be, we would have the ability to you know, we've got food independence, which is huge. You know, and, yeah. and 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 I just feel like if you have both energy and food independence, you you, you can. I'm not necessarily rule the world, but you don't have to. You know, you you don't have to worry as much about I, the uh, world. I'm going to say it differently. I shudder every time I see we're talking to this guy who runs Saudi Arabia now. Uh, if, I know. I, I'm. I'm I mean that's part of it. We, yeah. Would we even, you know, would, would we even be dealing with with that guy? Well, we, we'd and be buying, we'd be buying stuff know. from him, but we wouldn't be listening to him. 
we'd still be buying some. Well, we, we wouldn't even have to be buying stuff from him if we could, eh. you know, just take care of ourselves. But, he, but he'd, he'd be in the world and, market. I mean, we, we a lot of time. I mean, we still import oil, even though we are somewhat. We were at one point. The, the numbers are: you still import some and you sell some, and you know, what I'm saying you still in, in a market that big, a world market, you still end up. They're in, they're in the they're in the system. You know what I'm saying? You'd end up yeah. with some of it. What do you think? Real quick, we got like two seconds. What do you think of my argument to, to cut back on the size of these corporations and some of the power of the people there, raising the corporate tax rate to the regular rate like everybody else pays, but yet letting them deduct dividends? So hopefully more money filters out of there into into, into shareholders. And I think you end up with a, a few more bucks in the bank. And and, and, and the idea of uh, them paying less than other people but keeping it there and becoming these behemoths and controlling the world, I don't like that much. Plus, I'd like to see some more dividends to people we know. You don't like my plan. I'm just, I'm, I'm try- no, 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 no. I'm, try- I'm trying to think through how that would impact the, their balance sheet on, from a corporate finance standpoint. I think it's a great idea for, um, you know, investor-wise, um, well, it means you're only, only, only going to hang out to money what, if you. What I'm a, well, what I'm afraid of is you're going to have that. You know, let's say that you know suddenly companies don't have to pay taxes on the dividends that they you know the money they return to shareholders in the form of dividends. You're going to lose out on. Well, I mean, you would you would still get the income tax on the dividend that gets paid. Yeah, so that yeah. actually would be a net. That'd be a net positive for the government. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's a flow through. Uh, I just. I don't, I don't yeah. want I don't want the Warren Buffetts of the world sitting on like ninety bazillion dollars just waiting for like a bad day so they can scoop in on some. Come on, give your your return. Give some of that money up to the people or shareholders of the place, will you? Yeah, just yeah. saying. No, hey, I think I, 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 I'm I'm sitting here thinking. I'm what a part of what I'm thinking is. I wonder if it'd be a cool uh, one time type thing one year, so companies could you know, I. I'm thinking of it as not a consistent thing, but but maybe like something they do over the course of a single year, where company where more money can get in the system from companies instead of the government having to do it. Well, I don't think the shareholders should have to pay. I, I don't think the shareholders should have to pay twice. Is what. I'm, hey, uh, um, yeah. figure out what the meteor meteorological young lady wants for breakfast, and maybe we can entice her or something. Get her down here. Well, you don't you don't want her right. You don't want her there because she is quarantined in her room with the COVID. I don't so care. I, I, I already have it. Bring her in. I don't care. You don't care? No, I already have it. I still got the. <laughs> I already had it. I'm, I'm, I, you already had it. Yeah, right. I'm good. Well, SP Futures I'm down. Sending, I'm sending her to your house. That's fine. <laughs> she, she she's she's welcome. SP Futures down 13. NASA Futures down 61. One thing I'm not afraid of is the COVID. I mean, I, of all the other things, I'm liable to catch at this age. Not worried about that one. Be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. 
Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.